Welcome to the Randall Report, Season 1, Episode 11. I guessed whether well, it was Episode 11, of course, I just wiped the old one off. Actually, it said Episode 9 on the old one, but we have we know we've done 10 episodes. So there you go. Good, yes, good morning, good evening, good day. <laughs> it's when you're watching it, I suppose. Um, oh, sorry. Oh, what have you dropped? Have you dropped your coil? <laughs> Don't be rude. <laughs> ah, so, yes. Uh, so, yes, um, what have you been up to then? Uh, it's been, been, uh, been uh, yeah, over a week. Well, new setting, new haircut. So now we're behind a red, wonderful red screen. Yes. And yes. I decided to chop my head off, so I don't have to um, uh, uh, hair off, not head off. <laughs> chop my hair off. I chop my hair off. Please don't do that. So I don't. It's have a to, bit permanent. So you I can't don't, grow your head back. <laughs> but then I don't have to wear my my cap anymore. Oh, so so what made you actually? Uh, what made? Oh, I can see the the. Uh, I can see the bits, obviously, that are starting to go missing. As as a because I've got a, when I grow mine, I've got a big patch that doesn't grow here. Now mine still anymore. grows; it just grows a slightly different colour. Um, oddly what, what, enough, what about this bit here? Is that that uh, just might have not been cut properly? It's still all fuzzy, so there's hair so, there. So there's hair there. Yeah. So or is it going grey there? It or might. It might. Be? It might be some greyness. Ah, there, okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm pleased to say I've not got much silver. Ah, uh, you know, anywhere, which is good, because you know, it's usually you find one of those telltale white hairs somewhere, <laughs> don't you? So they start growing out of your ear. Oh, I've got that. Have you? Oh, God, the, yes, the the hairs that grow. Oh, so yes. a, in a, as I said in the the uh, the uh, old people grow. The, the 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 hair grows where you don't want it to grow, and not where you do want it to grow, and you get. The the thing with hair, are you spending an inordinate amount of time trying to remove hair from your ears? You know, and, I'm, I'm not and there the yet. grow the grow, you know, sort of uh, horizontally out from your earlobe, uh, and they're best pinched out, and that's from going to the barber as a kid, because they used to remember when they used to go around and then they'd do the bit behind your ears, and then no. they'd run the clippers over your bloody ears. I've only been to a barber once. Really, my whole life once. Well, I used to go, and I obviously as a young man, until I started shaving my head, which was in probably in my early twenties. But hey, yeah, you know the the uh, the hairs that grow out of places. You know, the what's the ones that grow out of your flaming nostrils are the worst. Yeah, I've had one or two of those. You've had one or two of those. Yeah, yeah. It's really painful trying They're to get those bars. out. They have to be done with tweezers, mate. Have to be done with tweezers. Not those stupid nostril shavers that you stick up your hooter because uh, they don't work. They don't work. You have to really give them a yank, yank out yeah. with a pair of tweezers. Some of them are that long. You you'd be forgiven for for finding Tarzan swinging from them. Really not good. Hate it. So what else have you been up to? Uh, been doing a bit of baking, I gather. So. Well, why do you say that, considering you know I literally just gave you a croissant? Well, I know, I've eaten the croissant, but you've been baking other things as well, but viewers don't know that, because I've already eaten it. Very good, by the way. Yeah, how was yeah, it? Yeah, it's very tasty, very tasty. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud. Yeah. Compared to my disasters before, going to that course really made a difference. So you've, you've tried making croissants before that? Yeah. 
And, and it would taste okay, but the consistency wasn't right. Now I think you can attest that I've done a really Very tasty. proper good job. Yeah. So I can only look up from this point onwards and try to improve. I'll have to learn how to do them myself, but we can have a competition. You'd lose. I'd probably, probably. I'll beat with one of my cakes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Hold on. Your chocolate, your chocolate cake was good. Oh well, yeah. So the last time we did, the last time we did an Lucy, episode, my, my my friend Lucy, why are we talking about Lucy? Chef, uh, she said it was restaurant quality. My chocolate cake. So that's because she's your mate. You think she was flattering me? So as I was about to say, yes, boss. the last time we spoke, yes, we were going to the theatre to see our old colleague Joe. Yeah, at his performance. What was it called? Uh, we don't know because we left at half Small time. island. Small island. Long play, small island. Yeah, long play, yes. small island. Yes. Full uh, of people. I've never seen a theatre that full. Yes. There wasn't a seat available, yeah. you know, in the National Theatre. It was incredible. Enormous stage, of course, with nothing on it. Yeah. Which I... Thought was a bit. And it was good. Like the production thing was amazing. Right? You found that amazing. Yeah, I thought it was a bit, bit, bit. Uh... Well, it's not like I go very often, but no, I thought I thought it was. I'm a big theatre guy. I do do uh, do like a show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do like a show. Okay. But so, at the interval. Yes. We took some of your chocolate cake and we ate it on the on the terrace overlooking the Thames, which was yes. which was lovely. Yeah. And it was a really really good chocolate cake. Yeah. It was. It was. So, yeah. So, yeah, um, your chocolate game is strong. Your chocolate cake game is yes, strong. My, <laughs> my, cro- my croissant game is improving. Yes. I made uh, a, I made a, um, a sourdough ball. You made a sourdough ball? Okay. Again, you yeah. know I did because you well, commented on Well, I saw it online. It. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. okay. But the viewers don't fucking know. Yeah, but know why it, are you pretending they? like well, you, you, you don't know what's going on? <laughs> Well, mate, you're literally right. You're literally <laughs> at right. At my there. age, it is questionable whether I do know what's going on or not. Half the time, but anyway. <laughs> Simon kindly, uh, Simon kindly, you know, commented on my loaf of bread. Yes, and I'll be making a new one for next week. So I'll actually bring some some sourdough next time. Fantastic, next time fantastic. So it'll be croissants today. Croissants today. Squatons for all of them. Sourdough next Sourdough week. Sourdough next week, right. Now, I know last week, well, 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 uh, um, we, we'd mentioned in the last one uh, about some poor guy that was in, uh, what was that? It's not a poor guy. That was in uh, Big Brother who transitioned to become Jessica Alvarez. Yeah. And and the the, the poor girl, we, we, uh, we had rendered her as having died. Apologies, she's not dead. <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> she's not dead? No, apparently, very much alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry about that, a bit of a faux pas, which uh, I, I fact-checked afterwards. Shouldn't you apologise um, to her directly, if that's the case? Well, I don't know, do I? doesn't I, matter, you I, should I, just, I, like, in the camera, do like Jessica a... Alvarez. We're really sorry. We're really sorry that we had uh, done your obituary. Um, yes, she's very much alive. So there you go. Well, I hope she's doing well and things are sort of... Well, she has a happy life. 
Well, that's as well, 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 yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, but obviously, quite a lot's happened since we met last time. Yeah, Nazarene first... Zagari Radcliffe has come back to Britain. The British spy. Yeah. Uh, the she's not a spy. She was there on holiday. Yeah, holiday. That's what yeah. they all call her. <laughs> she was on holiday. <laughs> of course, she was. <laughs> so she's back. She's back in town. Uh, which that's why the, that's why the government pays four hundred four hundred million pounds <laughs> to bring a tourist home. Well, uh, Liz Truss, silly cow, <laughs> Liz Truss, who we we can't help but mention on every single every single episode. episode. Said that she made it her mission, her mission since becoming. Uh, foreign secretary three weeks ago to to deal with this issue and uh, I mean begs the question all she needed to do was get the checkbook out because uh, <laughs> yeah uh, that was all that was required to solve the problem and has always been required to solve the problem for the last six years can you explain is pay your debt can you explain something to me because yeah, I, I was can't. I was listening to a podcast the other day where yeah. they say that you could look at it from another point of view whereby that debt yes. should have been cancelled because it related to a different government. But related to the to, to the Shah. The, yeah, when but the it, Shah but it, was in charge of... Precisely, uh, but that was... Before a, the revolution. But So the argument was that it was a different regime. Yeah. It was a different essentially time in history and that that debt essentially was cancelled when the the new regime took hold well no, and that they, should have been they paid the money we didn't supply the goods but because a number of sanctions were put in place it would essentially have negated the um the transaction well so there are some whether you agree look i'm not saying that you have to agree with them it. The give them the money back it's their money i'm not saying that you have to agree with it i'm just there are, there's a point of view that says you know, a different regime was installed, sanctions were then put in place, therefore the money should no longer be be transferred over because it related to a weapons transaction which now goes against sanctions. And if we well, don't want and that's if we, what the complication was, wasn't that, it, to right, actually exactly. getting this sorted. Uh, but you but know Do we not agree that there's more to it? That it's not just a tourist returning back home, that there's surely something Deeper to the entire. Well, not really. I mean, they kept her as a sort of uh, well, political chess piece. Uh, right? Chess piece because they wanted that money back. But uh, yeah, and uh, you know, and and uh, she's, certainly she's expensive. Let's hope she doesn't get hit by a bus in the next week. <laughs> a, bit, <laughs> a bit annoying, wasn't it? Sorry. Well, then it Sorry, wasn't. No, and then, no, sorry, but, but then they were, I mean? <laughs> but they were quite critical of her as well for. Um, you know, she was quite. Um, how do you how do you say it? She wasn't that nice to about the government either. Well, I don't blame her. They sort of left her there, stewing and rotting in some Iranian prison. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, and while while all that they needed to do was write a check out, and it took five foreign secretaries to do that. But she sort of shut her husband up. Because her husband was saying, you know, thank you very much to the government and everything that they'd done, and then she sort of interjected and said, "Well, hold on a second. Well, yeah, you know, it was I'm all... the one. I'm the one in this situation, and you could have done more, and you didn't. So, 
no, th- no thanks to you, kind of thing. But, you know, I mean, the, the, she was the one that was stuck there. Okay, he gave up his supper for a few weeks, which I, c- I could never understand why he went on hunger strike. I, that, to me, seems really odd. He was trying to look after a seven-year-old. It's not exactly... Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem exactly the most common-sense thing to do. You poor seven-year-old going, hang on a minute, my dad's starving to death. What, what, how's that helping her, the situation, really? Well, you, I guess you don't use logic when in those kind of circumstances. Well, right? you know, clearly, clearly. But uh, anyway, she's back. That's good. Covid regulations have all gone, of course. Have they? Yes, they've done away with them all, even though the, the figures, I think this time last week, the figures the were numbers up are 90, doubling. Yeah, the numbers day. are doubling. Yeah, although uh, I'm told by somebody uh, a consultant in the NHS that although the hospital numbers have risen uh, as a percentage of the cases yeah uh, still stable it, it's it's yeah it's pretty good but obviously they've risen a lot and, and, and so forth so uh, but the question and, is whether or not they'd ever impose a lockdown again if these numbers start to double every week like they well they, I can't see that like they had but, done previously well there comes a point is if you're getting 90 odd thousand cases a day and you, you look at the numbers of people who will still carry a decent amount of immunity and the actual uh, level of illness um, that, that people get. I mean, an interesting one, actually, because my one of my neighbours I'd, I'd mentioned previously had had uh, COVID back in March 2020 and, and had really only just recovered in the last recent weeks and still not fully recovered. Then, unfortunately, about three weeks ago, contracted covid again we but should clearly mention she's Omicron. a teacher yes yeah you know, so she's more at risk yes I guess. but the interesting thing is this time round she's recovered really really quickly even though there was a horrible lengthy long covid that she suffered for what was too near enough two years so there's uh you know this is much milder um for sure uh, they've got rid of the passenger locator forms. It was one of the things I was bitching about before because it seemed to me rather odd that we still had to fill in passenger locator forms when we went away. So your holiday's still so, on then? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Everything crossed, really. So just just uh, hopefully things don't get worse, obviously, in Ukraine between now uh, uh, and then. Good although, thing you're going to Spain. Good thing I'm going to the... Canary Canaries. Right. Same thing. Well, it is, but it's further. Still Spain, it's, isn't it? It's, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's Ukraine, not mainland. I don't think Ukraine will affect you then, will it? You're, well, going, you're going in the wrong direction, mate. I mean, there's a number of things that could affect us, really, couldn't, couldn't they? In between, you know, the holiday could suddenly go massively up in price because of uh, inflation. Petrol, yeah. Petrol, uh, any number of things. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a levy on the. On Has the, the 5p plane. already been. From six o'clock last night, I think, the 5p a litre. Yeah, but, you know, at the petrol pump, it usually takes a week or two for it to... No, uh, I think uh, they were saying on the news this morning that uh, certain big supermarket petrol stations... Supermarkets were going to do 6p off. uh, (laughs) Yeah, but it's everywhere everywhere else, though. Some some garages have put the prices up today. It's the BP in the Shell and the Texaco, all these guys, that seem to wait a long, long while before those prices go down you know they they leave it as late as humanly possible 
before they start reducing the prices at the pump. But, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. What's five pair of fucking litres? But you know what's not the point? It's I like, haven't even got a car. Start helping me. That's the not next. the point. Yeah, but I, I have my motorbike. But this is not the point. When they bought the oil, yeah, they bought it, let's say, six months in advance. Yes. So then why are they charging us at today's prices? Well, that's an interesting point. You know, they purchased the oil six months in advance, at least. Yeah. You That's know, an interesting point. It gets, hold, it gets held in, in, in depots to be refined. Mm. You know, well, the, cost, looking the cost doesn't looking change. At, looking at the statement from the Chancellor in Parliament yesterday, I think most of it's stalled in his hair. <laughs> he's, he's, he really needs to, to sort... He's got a proper greasy hair problem, hasn't he, Richie? So sorry, Richie, but you have. Yeah, it's, you know... Nah. So it's like so the Exxon Valdez has had an accident on your head. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, I, do, I can't help but notice it. I can't help but notice it. The shine when you're looking at, uh, at BBC Parliament or on Sky News and he's giving his statement, the shine coming off the top of his hair, it's like, wow, that is, is just... Uh, you know, that's some serious slick he's got on there. You can have to write into the uh, into yeah. his office. You know, it's uh, yeah. He needs to to need something to. You're using the wrong shampoo, mate. Head and shoulders. You know. Um. <laughs> anyway, so what else is? Uh, of course, there's been the continuing war in Ukraine. Mariupol is looking terrible, I've got to say. It's nearly as bad as Skegness. I've never been. Have you never been to Skegness? Thank well, God. Well, we'll no. cover that in holidays. I've been to Skegness. Why? It's a, it's a shithole. Well, why'd you go? Uh, well, I was a kid at the time. I wouldn't go there as an adult. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, it was bad enough going there as a yeah, child. Yeah, but then why would your parents choose to torture you? They didn't. <laughs> well, they did choose to torture me, but they didn't torture themselves. They sent me with, with uh, I think, a school friend's parents to stay in, in right. Skegness. Oh, it's and, a bit uh, like my adventures. I went to, um, what's it called? Lyme Regis. Lyme Regis. Is, is, uh, is that near Bognor? Yeah, exactly. So all the Regises are sort of... Yeah, like within a small... With, yeah. yeah. But So my lasting memory is going down to the beach with a friend of mine and then the local kids from the... Um, there was like a road above and mm. then from the road above they take they take pebbles and chuck them at us. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So that was my, that was my lasting memory of yep. that place. You know, having a nice walk on the beach and getting pelted with pellets, with <laughs> pelted with pebbles. Well, and, then, and then we had to run home and cry to mummy, going, here. Eh, the local kids are sort of being, <laughs> the local kids are being mean to us. I've got a few stories I can tell when we do our holiday because uh, we're going to do one on holidays, uh, which I think will be quite interesting, really. Um, because uh, yeah, I've got one of some good uh, anecdotes from different odd, but Skegness, trust me, mate, it, it is uh, it's dull. It's it's one of those places. It's you're supposed to be at the seaside, but you're not at the seaside. It might have changed because the sea the is time. actually still about ten miles away from the flaming uh, seafront. It's just it's, how does that work? It's just miles of sort of oh, this sand. wet, horrible, right. 
sand. It's it, it just I found it. Yeah. You just have to wait it's for great. the tide to come in. <laughs> <laughs> just going at the wrong time. <laughs> Let me tell you. Every time is the wrong time to be called in Skagness. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Um, so yeah, a P&O of course sacked eight hundred staff. That's an absolute disgrace. It it's is, horrible, isn't it? Just isn't it? Just. And then you you were saying earlier to me about they've hired some new staff. At how much an hour you're you? It's one pound eighty something. Who the f- who the hell is going to work for one pound? Eastern you European Eastern to... European staff. They're already they were already pre hired on contract. That's disgusting. So they were they were bought in by the coach load. Yeah. They were there with thirty or I think thirty um security guards yeah. that had balaclavas with them because obviously they didn't want they didn't want to be identified. But and they were supposed to be sure going they weren't Greek and they had uh, no, no. some baklavas with them. <laughs> Baklava. Number that one, number dessert? one, number one. They, they'd be Cypriot. Sorry, okay, you okay. Stupid old man. Uh. They'd be Cypriot, not Greek. Is it baklava Cypriot dessert then? Pastry. It's a pastry, isn't it? That's not the point. No, well, it is the point. Most shipping in Europe goes via Cyprus. Oh, I see. We're not talking so about So Greeks baklava. have got nothing to do with it. They've got nothing to do with it. No. Okay. I'm okay. sure there's baklava in Cyprus too. Yeah. But that's kind of not the point. So anyway, they were wearing... <laughs> yeah, because they were essentially going... It was a bad joke. Because they were essentially going to, you know, forcefully remove the the existing staff from the ships. I think that's rude, really. Everybody needs to, to, to uh, boycott. Boycott P&O. P&O. Absolutely. They can go to hell. They can get lost, yeah. And, uh, they're, du- and they're Dubai owners. Yeah. They can go fuck off. Not... Not that, uh, to be honest, uh, I've been on the ferry for a long time. Uh, I think I've only been on the ferry once in the last 25, 30 years, to be honest. But uh, Me um, too, but it's a shameful way, number one, to treat disgusting. the company, and two, to treat, you know, the, the but then, staff. The, but then the government, they brought in some emergency legislation, which they voted on the other night, and the government, uh, about sort of this, this kind of uh, fire and rehire tactic, and um, b- b- uh, the Tories abstained. So, you know, it, it seems to me that, that, that they make all this beef about, uh, you know, P&O doing this to this stuff, but the, clearly then the reality is they're, 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 they support it. Like you know, I said, in a roundabout again, way, it shows me that they're actually supporting this kind of fire and hire mentality. But like I say, it's such a kick in the teeth. You know, considering, you know, first Boris Johnson goes to Saudi Arabia and while he's there, they they behead three people. You know, you know Saudi, eighty one people. No, 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 no. Before he arrived, yeah. they executed eighty one people. Yes. But on the day that he arrived, they executed a further three while he while he was there. Well while he was there they should have made it four. But then on top of that, then he goes. Then he goes to the UAE. Yeah, you know to deduct, to discuss terms. You know to try and find a way to bring oil, oil and gas. Yes. You know to to the UK. Yeah. You know, no mention. Not via P and O, obviously. Well, that's yeah. my point. No, no mention of P and O. Nothing like that. Yes. To return home within a few days, then the P and O scandal happened. So he wasn't even informed 
that this that this huge, you know, sea change is going to happen. And you think they would have advised him, you know, that this P&O thing was going to happen so he could sort of get a hold of it. But no. Well, they're an incompetent the government is, is just largely incompetent, isn't it? I mean, let's be about right. I mean... But, you know, it's like you were saying, there are certain elements of British industry that should be held sacred and should be yes. should be held in national hands at all costs. Yeah. Energy, transport, education, Steel, healthcare. Anything that relates to infrastructure and utilities yeah. should never be privatised in, 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 in uh, or in foreign hands. Because so we've tried you know, it, we've seen relationships, yeah. relationships break change yeah. and break down. Uh, and, you know, you, you end up in the kind of situation we're seeing now uh, over Russian gas uh, and the kind of situation we've seen even with uh, the, our relationship with uh, France over fishing rights, yeah. um, that it can be very, very easily turned quite Has France ugly. ever been friendly? Really? Well, no, well, it's always well, been quite tentative. Well, well, yes, it's, you know, I never make it right. There are... Uh, uh, there's, like they know, try to put the foot in whenever they can. Um, it's like. Well, yes, it's historic, isn't it? Well, yeah, it goes yeah, back it centuries, goes, yes, right? Yes, it goes back a long way. And, uh, you know, uh, I suppose it, we shouldn't be surprised, really. Um, so what else has happened, I see here? Oh, yes. Lewis Hamilton's changed his name. Wanted to, to uh, reflect his, uh, his mother's name. Uh, who, who uh, is Carmen, uh, but he's not changing his name to Carmen. <laughs> why is he, okay, why, that would be a... Why, why, is, why is he changing his that name? That would be a bit of a shot, wouldn't it, for, for, for people. Um, his his uh, mother's maiden name is La Balastier. Um, uh, which... Maybe because you'll fit in better in Monaco. I think he just wants to, to reflect the fact that... Uh, I mean, it's a splendid name, isn't it? He just wants to reflect the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, he is where he is, as much because of his mum as his dad, and wants to to, uh, to sort of kind of honour that. And that seems to, to me to make perfect sense. But So he's no longer Hamilton, or he's... Well, I suppose he's going to be La Balastier Hamilton, Hamilton. Hamilton or something like that, I, oh. I suppose. Uh, which will be a right gobful, of course, for the uh, commentators on F1. Maybe that's why which he's back, of course. Maybe that's why he did it. Um, well, it could be, could be, uh, but it's a yeah. Uh, F1 is back, of course, which is uh, well, we'll obviously talk about when we do our thing on sport. But that, that's given me uh, so because I, I do like my F1, and uh, so it'll be uh, good, you know. So anyway, I suppose. Um, the way we're going, we've already been talking how long? Yeah, we've essentially wasted half an hour. So half an hour, know. talking shit. <laughs> uh, well, um, <laughs> we were going to talk about mental health. Uh, yeah, but maybe we, we, we should carry on talking as we are and do a completely separate on mental health. <laughs> Otherwise, people's mental health is going to be suffering That's waiting true. for the main topic. <laughs> it's alright, we'll keep on going. We'll keep on going. Well, of course, um, yeah. Uh, I what we'll do is we'll, I can put, uh, I'll put like a little, a little screen in the middle of the edit. We'll say to like skip to, 
skip to sort well, of twenty nine. People skip. We don't skip. We don't want people skipping. Yeah, but get into that happy. Yeah, we're going to have to because it's going to be announced something long. Well, no, so we'll, we'll keep it short. So the important topic we're going to cut short. Well, I think. And then the, the well, half I think an hour already. No, and then the half an hour of bollocks we're going to keep fish. on there. <laughs> no, no well, 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 we'll carry on. Shall we? We'll carry on. So, um, yeah, you will, you will see. You will see a screen to skip to twenty nine. Whatever you it don't is, don't want to be skipping. We have to give, we'll give people a choice. Well, they've got their choice. They've got their own forward button, but we don't want to sort of encourage it. Well, only for today, because we've been messing well, around. No, we would encourage it. We can just uh, separate it up into a, to, to, you know. Um, well, um, anyway, mental health. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously... Uh, you know, it's one of those issues, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, people find quite difficult to talk about their mental health. It's a, been a, very much a stigma attached to it. Um, although recently it has kind of become much more sort of out there. And uh, as we try and, uh, uh, you know, we're trying to be more sensitive to it. Although I, I do find that uh, it seems... Like a lot of lip service is paid to all this. It's problematic, sort of, yeah. Um, it's problematic when it becomes like a buzzword. Exactly. It's like de rigueur, you yeah. know. Oh, now we're going to speak about. Now we're going to speak about mental health. Well, who's de rigueur? It's of the times. Oh, of the times. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was You're my right. seat, by the way, uh, creaking under the string. It wasn't a, wasn't a uh, tailback from the croissant and the coffee. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, when it become when it becomes a buzzword and it becomes fashionable, it kind of loses its. Yes, uh, I can it see diminishes that. its importance. Yes, you know there well, are that, too many sort of. Um, quacks out there you know that try to sort of guide you either by youtube or by various sort of means oh my god all these help yes you know Um, so-called health professionals that can sort of improve your life you you need to be very careful where you where you go to find help as long as as long as you they'll improve everything for you as long as you write them a check for 150 quid that's it yeah funny that isn't it all these apps and things like that that you can subscribe to. I know. Uh, it's it's appalling. And then, of course, we've got... Yeah, obviously, legislation has, has kind of changed to... to but I, I just... I, I don't think that works. Uh, I think a bit like the age legislation, employers just find other ways to skirt around it. And, there's, you know, if you said to, to, to your employer... That you'd got uh, suffering from a mental health issue, most employers would find another way to get you kicked out of your job because it's like, oh. well, you don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to deal. They don't want to deal with it because the only thing they're interest, interested in is the bottom line, you know, profit-wise or, or, or what have you. And I don't really believe that most employers are actually hand on heart really sensitive to it. You know, it's like, oh shit, we've got somebody here. Uh, that's a, this is a problem. 
Yeah, or if it could become, come I lose yeah. them. Or if it could become an issue, you want yeah. to know how to mitigate that, right? I guess. Yeah, you know, it's the same thing with age. You've got all this age legislation now. They can't discriminate against you on the, on the basis of age, but they still do. I found it myself, you know. Uh, but uh, have you actually ever suffered from? Do you think you've suffered from any ever suffered from men, any mental health issues like depression or, you know? To be honest, I wouldn't know. I've always found a way to deal with issues myself. I always look inwards anyway, you know, so I don't think, you know, I've never had to, well, put it this way, I've never had to ask for help to deal with an issue. Ah. I've always found a way to resolve things myself. Well, yeah, I, I, I think I've... Uh... Like never medicated, nothing like that. I've always found a way to resolve any issues that I've had. You've not reached for the brandy. No. Well, as you know, I don't drink. At all? No, not really. Well, New Year's Eve, if that Mm, counts. Well, no, yeah. You know, so I try to stay as clean as possible. Yeah. You know, no alcohol, very little cigarettes or anything like that, just on the odd occasion. Yeah. Other drugs? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think I think most people who who suffer depression actually that's partly the thing, isn't it? They deal with it inwardly. They don't necessarily share it with anybody else because to share it with somebody else is usually. I mean, I had a. Uh, but isn't the point is isn't the main point is to recognise that you have a problem at all, and that's always like kind of the first step. Is that if you if you don't feel quite right, the biggest problem is not recognising that there is an issue. But as long as you can actually be able to uh, to recognise within yourself that, okay, you know what, something's not right, and therefore I need to try and find a solution. That's the hard bit. I think it's the hard bit. I trying know. to recognise that uh, Look, you know, I, 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 I make no bones about it. I've always suffered depression. I think uh, I, probably looking back, I was suffering uh, suffered depression as a kid. But you've had it diagnosed, um, or not? You just know within you yourself. No, you know. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, I have. Uh, there was a, a, a small period um, where, uh, after I broke my back, uh, back in in late 90, uh, 1999, that was. Um, couple of years later that I actually uh, doctors actually said I was suffering from depression and stuck me on antidepressants uh, which are the particular antidepressant they stopped me on made me more depressed uh, the, yeah, the, there, the is said, so, there are so many stories the said talking antidepressants, about serotonin that can, that can actually cause been, suicidal yeah. tendencies. Yes, well, that's one of that was one of them, and and it made me uh, actually. Did make me feel suicidal. I'd been better off without them, and I and I actually at one point uh, did take a, a, a massive overdose of of all the back uh, stuff that they'd got me on for for, for uh, my spine, um, which of course thankfully didn't work, um, except for the fact I, I didn't have any pain in my back for about three months. <laughs> Which is ironic, uh, 
But it didn't work. I woke up the next day and it was just sort of like, well, that didn't work just as well. But at and, least my back doesn't hurt you. But at least my back doesn't hurt. Um, and that, that was in a hotel in Paris. Uh, that, uh, you know, and, and that was as a consequence of, because, don't get me wrong, um, my mother committed suicide. I've had a, a best mate uh, when I was in my 20s, he committed suicide. Um, uh, and uh, one of my cousins. And I would have always said, especially after my mother, that that was something I would never contemplate. Um, but I have to say, the antidepressants they stuffed me on, these, this, this particular drug, which now is banned because of that very issue. They took it, um, they stopped um, uh, prescribing it. I don't, by the way, I don't know whether it's your particular brand, but I was aware that they, there was a set of antidepressants that, that were being used specifically for uh, teenagers, teenagers and preteens. Yes, and it might and, it, and, it, and it affected, it affected teens and preteens far far worse. So there was a much higher level of suicidal that? tendencies. We're, to, we're to, again, fifteen. I think it fifteen was years or so could have been like the same same group of medicines, you know, um, and it but was, this was called Serexat, I believe. And uh, but it did. I mean, I, it zombified me to such an extent. There was a point I I, uh, I was in I was in Paris, as I said, and I couldn't think why I was there. I was out uh, in front of the Eiffel Tower, and I couldn't remember my own name. And uh, so it took me down a, 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 a horrific path, which, uh, uh, you know, and, and after that, I stopped taking them. And then I was fine. Uh, but you knew... But I always knew, I mean, don't get me wrong, Simon, that particular you... bout of depression had been driven yeah. by extraordinary pain but that Simon, I never felt that I was going to get out of. But my point is... Because of is the it, broken spine. But at some point, you knew to stop taking that medicine. Oh, I knew straight. straight uh, I knew after to after the what had happened, and it was like, okay, this is the this is the medicine that's doing this because I I this intense feeling of being utterly zombified and completely, you know, I mean, not even knowing your own name. Um, I've not even had really, really, really banging nights out yeah. and been in that situation of not remembering who the flaming hell I was or why I was where I was. Yeah, um, but then there might be many people who don't have the wherewithal to realise that yeah. it's the medicine that are causing these feelings. So they'll take, they'll continue to take the course because yeah. they feel that's the only um, way to resolve their, their issues. So then they end up down a really, like you said, down the a really off. difficult yeah. path that they have to live well, through. Two years, two years after, I think it was a couple of... Couple of years after, is that's when they stopped prescribing them, and there was all that in the papers what these drugs were doing and so forth. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong; they put me because I, I was in extraordinary pain, and I didn't think I was ever going to get out of that extraordinary pain that, uh, from from what had happened. Uh, uh, and, and and you know, obviously, looking back at it, uh, even a short time after, it was like, well, you know get off the damn thing straight away. And uh, and, and basically, that's what I did. Uh, 
I weaned myself because you're never supposed to stop instantaneously because that yeah. didn't make it worse. I, uh, just in the matter of uh, about two to three weeks, I weaned myself completely off off the damn things because I recognised that they were a bigger part of the problem that they weren't solving anything. Um, but aside from what that one acute situation, I've always been aware even from a young age, that I had a propensity towards depression. That it is something that, uh, you know, I can wake up and for no explicable reason, uh, you know, I feel really, really kind of really down and depressed. And, and there's no explicable reason for it. Some of it, of course... I mean, many causes of depression, including sort of chemical imbalances as well as uh, other things. So, you know, and I find times at certain times of the year, uh, I think a lack of vitamin D. Uh, can, so can you think it's a hormonal uh, uh, imbalance of sorts? Uh, you know, I can't say definitively, put my finger on it. Um, but it does seem to, to be something that when the sun's shining... Uh, uh, you know, but then what have you done to res- what have you better. done to resolve these things? I do a lot of exercise. It's one of the so reasons I tr- exercise regularly because well, like homeopathic, uh, homeopathic, homeopathic medicines or no, alternative. No, 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 no. I don't uh, meditation, I, yoga, things like that. I think I've never really, except for that one time, I've never really been one that likes to take any. Medication. In fact, I even uh, resisted, on the most part, having you know, uh, except for for that period where the the pain was so bad, even pain medication for stuff. I generally would resist. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm not somebody that reaches for the tablet bottle or the booze. Um, it's just I have to accept that sometimes you, whatever explicable reason, you feel really, hmm, you know. But mm-hmm. that's why yeah. it's important to have routines like like you know exercise and what have you, because then uh, it, it counterbalances that feeling of wanting to be feeling a bit listless. Well, what about having a support structure of, you know, family or friends that you can then speak to, or is it something that you keep to yourself? Uh, I think generally. mainly, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, when you, you don't, you, if you're feeling that, the uh, edges of depression, you, you've, you've had your own coping mechanisms without necessarily uh, running to someone else and going, uh, I feel, you know, you're feeling this, that, yeah, But even other. if it's for company or something, you it doesn't, it. yeah, but I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to necessarily pull your heart out, but it could be a simple thing where you say, let's go for a walk or come meet me for a coffee and well, that would be enough to sort of well probably yes pull you, pull you yeah. out of a yes but then you, as I said you you find you know because it's something that I've dealt with for a long time you find your own coping which is one of the reasons I exercise regularly and I think the fact that uh, ex, counter 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 it's a lot of hormonal it. isn't it it's endorphins uh, and adrenaline and everything that's all it of, is, yeah. but it's also routine. It's also because you know one of the things is is uh, you know uh, you know it's it's not necessarily as I said. There's there's nothing defined in terms. You could be 
you know, people say, oh, well, is it because you're not, you know, you're not uh, working, doing a full-time yeah. job anymore? Uh, or it's not because of... Well, yeah, there, there are periods that uh, are failed, but, but even when I was working, I could get, I had to get depressed about something else. Yeah. So it's kind of in you or it's not in you, and you have to kind of mitigate it in all sorts of uh, different ways, uh, rather than necessarily... Sometimes, of course, you indulge it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. As a creative... Uh, and I think the two, maybe, the two go hand in hand. That I've actually used uh, and indulged it. So, yeah, when I'm doing something, so I'm writing, say. I think we need to say that we can't endorse this. No, to the viewers, exactly. To exactly. the viewers and listeners. This well, is not, a, my are. personal... As a personal It's view. a personal how... My personal view uh, of looking inward to myself, but... The point is, sometimes I will be writing, and if I fancy writing something, or I'm writing something uh, that's more humorous and more light and more, more, you know, I'll actually, you know, I'll usually have some music on if it's Sunday, the door will be open and what have you, and I'll pick music that will that actually reinforces the mood that actually then. Uh, yeah. um, that particular thing of creativity. Now, there's other times. Where I feel more more depressive, and that, then I might indulge that because it's like with a particular thing I'm writing or working on, I can go to that, and uh, it, it will be it feeds your creativity. It feeds almost. that particular area of creativity. So then I'll actually indulge it even further by by adding into it music that's perhaps more melancholic yeah. to actually indulge it. Uh, and almost reinforce it um, because then it makes obviously what I'm doing creatively uh, that much but I think that's intuitive anyway right I mean yes you tend to pick the music that your mood is in at the time right is if you're feeling most people do yeah it's like one day you want to listen to classical the other day you want to listen to hip hop just depends on what you feel. Yeah, but uh, you can, if you use me, you can use music. In, in other, it's not just necessarily what you f- feel. You can actually use the music to induce right. the the particular direction you want to, to the you know. And sometimes you can over induce it, so you need to change the, the right, tempo gotcha. to avoid going down the sodding rabbit hole. You know yeah. what I mean? And end up, you know, uh, opening doors and throwing yourself off the balcony. <laughs> and also, very, quick, also very quickly talking about drugs as we did before. Yeah. You know, now there are studies talking about the use of um, using uh, mushrooms that contain psilocybin, for example, that have been seen to sort of help with um, with depression. You know, they've used certain... Let's call them natural. Do they get you off your tits? Remedies. Not necessarily. I mean, oh, you sorry. know, <laughs> you know, sort of the mi- microdosing of some people microdose LSD. Yes, for example, which can again yeah. help with help with depression. Um, you know, DMT, dimethyltryptamine, is being used. Yeah. To help people, to help wean people off heroin, for and he example. Says he doesn't know about drugs, folks. Yeah, but I read. You know, <laughs> yeah. but there are there yeah. are currently a lot of studies being done. You know, to see whether or not certain drugs, well, let's call them more natural than sort of pharmaceuticals, 
can be used to assist with mental health issues. Cannabis. Cannabis as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, potentially weaning people off really, really hard drugs like heroin and crack and stuff like that, you know, real killers, you know. So, I mean, a lot of research is out there. Obviously, it's not necessarily legal here yet, but there is a lot of work being done yeah. to see whether or not, you know, certain certain drugs can be used to help in the fight against mental health because obviously it's a big issue at the moment. And I think a lot of people mm. are sort of diverging instead of converging with COVID and everything else. It's sort of, you know, splitting people apart. People are more alone than ever. Yeah. Fewer, but then you can fewer relationships, up... fewer couples, you know, there is less Can't of a support. Can't you end up with a drug network. problem, though? But, uh, does, you know, if you're, you're sorting one issue out. Well, no, a number of these uh, things are... You end up with a drug problem. No, a lot of these are, are absolutely non... Um, well, I know. How do you call it? Uh, addictive. They're non-addictive. Well, I don't consider. Uh, generally speaking, I don't see. Uh, there's physical addictions and mental addictions. Uh, you can be uh, mentally addicted to something because the feeling is good, and therefore yeah. you want to do it again. Yeah, I agree. Uh, or there's physical addiction where you you are, are entrapped uh, by yeah. it, and you actually have to, uh, actually have to have the physical fix. Yeah. Um, I agree. Everything, so a, everything has to be done with moderation. Yeah, I mean, which is exactly why people are talking about microdosing as opposed to doing, you know, a full dose of a particular substance. You know, whereby you take something over the course of a few months. Yeah. You know, at a small dose at a time, no sort of odd adverse effects. It's just sort of a small, you know, continuous, you know, amount that you take to try and slowly improve your your general. Yeah. The general well-being. So now I'm going to tell if I ask you if you have ever tried any of these drugs like cannabis, you're going to say yes, but I've never inhaled. <laughs> yeah, the answer is no. No. Okay. Not that you're willing to admit. <laughs> no, just no. <laughs> what a pity. Yeah, you don't know what you've been missing. <laughs> no. Um, I jest, of course. Um... So yeah, I mean, uh, as I said, I, personally speaking, uh, you know, as I said, it's. it's uh, I think we live in a, an age where a lot of people, frankly, I think de- depression, I think, is almost quite normal. Uh, I think. Do you think society's pressures are so much that you know we're not actually equipped? Uh, humans aren't really equipped to deal with the world that we're actually living in. How do you mean? Well, the, we have no so choice, do we? Well, of course, we've got no bloody choice. Yeah, we've got no choice but to exist in the society that we've created. But do you think? Do you think that that that, that uh, yeah? Uh, Isn't the question whether or not we we are creating a society which is beneficial for those who exist within it? I think that's. Well, I, don't, I think I, don't I think know, that's yeah, more I think the question. We know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, obviously not. It's a, it's a bloody mess, isn't it? But, and, then, but, then, but then surely that's our fault. Yeah. Um, you know, we have to take responsi- responsibility for that as a whole. That if we're unhappy with society as it is now, we need to do something as a whole to try and fix it. Yeah. I think the problem generally is that we've become far too reliant on the state. And I've, argue, I've argued this for, for a number of years. 
is that it seems to me that over the course of the last 30, 40 years, the size of government just keeps on increasing. You know, the intrusion of government into our lives is ever increasing and continues to do so. But yet, but yet, you know, the individual responsibility of each and every person in society continues to, to diminish so that we are then sort of looking at external... I don't necessarily think... But like think looking that. at external factors or looking at the, at the state to resolve our issues, issues that we should be able to resolve for ourselves. Well, not and everybody's the, equipped. And where the government... Not but, everybody's yeah, but, mentally equipped to, to, to... Yeah, but I think this is our fault. It's society's fault that people are not prepared or able to exist in the environment that we create. Well, I don't disagree. I mean, Unless life, it's engineered that way, which is even more Life would have been sinister. a lot simpler when we... we well, uh, yeah, but all we uh, engineered it this way, which is even more sinister. So we're engineering a society, you know, I don't to force people... that bright, to be honest. Yeah, but you think we most people end up, we would end up more more uh, in tune with the planet and rather less uh, inclined to screw the whole thing up. Wouldn't you assume that most people essentially want, you know, independence and freedom of thought, or do people not want freedom of thought and they want to be spoon fed? Spoon fed how to live and what to nah, do and how to yeah, They've got freedom of thought. Everybody's got freedom of thought. The state, nobody can tell you what you're thinking or what to think. They try. But they, 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 they might think they, they can uh, they can manipulate it, but uh, you know, if you're a proper thinker and you're not just a sponge for any old bullshit that comes along, uh, you know, I think uh, um, then then uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, nobody's going to be able to, to, to uh, you know, because the process of thinking itself is to question things that you're being told and uh, dig around and look at it and uh, analyse it and what have you. Problem is, far too many people just, you know... Yeah, but most people are perfectly happy to accept the narrative as is, as they're told. Well, that's their, um, that's a, a problem. That's their own foolishness. But again, it's a problem that we created. The question is, why is it like this then? You know, surely, but well, surely this is a mental. We live in hill. a world. We live in a world these days where, where because of this, but certainly in the West, we live in a world where you can go and go, you can Google anything, you can uh, teach yourself how to make a croissant, a sourdough ball, you can look at every item of news from God knows how many different angles, and then from it. Uh, and, and the history and, and other things, and you can from it you can kind of uh, form a conclusion as to what you think. The, the fact that people choose not to um, and, and seem to me to be uh, sometimes thicker than ever, I find utterly shocking because it's all out there. I mean, it's at your fingertips. When I grew up, when I was sort of fifteen years old, you didn't have any of this. Didn't have any of this, and and it's it's like you have to go delving into the library or into books and and, and what have you. Um, so information, though you could argue, was much more controllable back then you know, by what books uh, are available to you. But now it's we're in the information age, so if people actually want to take a particular subject and look at it. Yeah, but there's too much information. Do. That's the problem. Oh well, the, well the problem is where do you 
where do you go to find information? How do you know that that information is correct? Well, you don't. That's why you have to use your, 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 use your noddle. Yeah, but most people can't be bothered. Isn't that the whole point? Oh, well, they, that's their own lookout then. Yeah, you know, that's their own lookout. I'm sorry, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's yeah, incumbent not... upon all of us to, to sort of... Uh, it's no good being out in, the, out in the jungle and get eaten by the lion but and go, on. well, it's because I wasn't looking. Yeah, but it's... Hold on, <laughs> but it's like... It's like education, right? It's like in school you're not taught... You're not taught law, for example. So how do you know whether or not you fall for you fall foul of the law. Well, because the law changes. So by the time you've finished yeah, your exams, okay. it might be, that but might I, be wholly uh, don't, irrelevant. Don't you think... Two you, and two is always four. But the that law, doesn't change. But the law is not relevant. There are certain things that always hold fast and true. Yeah. But yet in school, law is never taught. No. Well, they, should, they don't teach, they don't don't, teach life skills, but, do they? Well, this they is don't what, teach cooking, for um, example, properly. But this is exactly what I mean. People don't know how to fucking general, cook an egg. General tools for life. Yes. You know, the law, you know, learning how to, you know, exist, you know, during the day-to-day, bills, interacting with people, you know, elements of psychology, for example, you don't, wouldn't that be useful oh, when, totally when, when, you, when you're young totally to try and develop yeah. a human being that's actually yeah. independent and able to be, you know, self-thinking... No, you know, I totally agree. Doesn't doesn't exist. The education system but is this is, is what I mean. It's a bit it's very flawed. But it's with it's done with the view to be reliant on the state and to become almost like an automaton, you know, to produce for society. I don't think it's that, de- I don't think it's that deliberate to just think uh, I, well, I, 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 no, I think I don't it think is. It's that deliberate. Isn't it strange to go back to because we slightly digress. Um that Certain cultures, certain uh, societies, they're propensity for, in t- terms of depression, suicide, for example, Japanese men. The suicide rate amongst Japanese men is higher, I think, than... It's much, much higher in, in South Korea, oddly enough. South, South Korea, Korea is number one. Right, OK. But yeah, Japan has had a big issue, but that's because that goes back to the culture, you know, the the very male culture whereby you don't discuss your issues because it's seen as as an issue of pride. Ah, you know, it's right, it's okay. a question of pride, honour, and respect. Right. You know, there are certain things that aren't mentioned that you need to find a way to deal with it yourself. And if you can't, the honourable thing to do is to go away. Essentially, you know. It's you still you still have to buy, abide by what was you know that feudal samurai culture. It still yeah. it still exists there. The biggest issue that Japan has today is the fact that its mental health institutions are incredibly lacking because it's a conversation that they just don't want to have. You know, bear in mind Japan is an incredible place. It's yeah. one of the best places to live in the world by far. But in your opinion, in many people's opinion, Japan is amazing without a doubt. However, there are a few things in Japan. The one thing which, we can be sure about which, is better than Skegnet. Yeah, but there are a few a few things that need to be resolved. You know, just to just to sort of enliven you know the population. One is dealing with mental health and making yes. sure that there are 
you know, the services available for, for the people that need it. The issue of, um, of women that are still seen, you know, it's much better than it was, but it's still not quite at the same level, you know, especially in the corporate world to men, which obviously is improving, but it's still, you know, a fact that it needs to be dealt with. And then the other one is is animal welfare. You know, there's still an issue with animal welfare for certain groups of animals that aren't treated very well. So, I mean, there are a few things that need to be resolved that you don't really hear about, but it's, well, uh, but never, it's an never, issue. Never think of Japan and animal welfare as It's an to... issue. Okay. What, what, what? Uh, or shouldn't we go there? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you can, so you can walk around certain towns in Japan and you can see things that would somewhat shock you. Really? And you think, okay, that's not really right, but that's just their culture and the way they Are do it. Are you going to expand on that? Better not. Better not. Better not, because my guess is the trouble. In case we've got a Japanese follower. We don't have many followers, so the likelihood of a Japanese one is... Well, nice. that'll grow. Uh, uh, please subscribe, please. <laughs> I'm getting old and wizened. <laughs> Begging is never a good look, sir. No, it isn't. But yes, please subscribe. Please, <laughs> please like and subscribe. Uh, well, uh, we, th- we, we have no pride. I mean, the one thing is, I guess, you know, we know there's no one, there's no panacea to solving depression. Uh, and I'm not even so sure that, that uh, pharmaceutical drugs are the answer. Uh, maybe we should be more akin to these other uh, alternative therapies. There are uh, alternatives out there, but it's a question of knowing where to look, where to get the information from. And, you know, we, again, we should always temper this by saying if anyone out there, you know, is feeling like their mental health is, you know, challenged to find the help that you need as soon as possible. Yeah, you know, don't don't leave it too long before exactly. before you find help. Exactly, because while there uh, are a few people yeah. out there that may be able to sort of resolve it internally, you don't have to. No. There are resources, thankfully, where we are in the UK and elsewhere. You know, there's an abundance of help. You, know, you, do, you just have to go out there and look for it. It's certainly improved. Yeah. Uh, upon what it was decades ago was just then, uh, yeah. hideous, hideous. And then, as Simon said as well, you know, you know, simple lifestyle changes can. Yeah. Whoops. Well, it seems to say you're going to you're going to have to go get that. Um, well, uh, bear with me one moment. Hold on, everyone. I should have put that on silent. Stupid me. Sorry. Well, I never did. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) It wasn't your mother. No. No, oh, good, good. Wasn't urgent. Huh? Hey? Wasn't urgent. Yeah, obviously you could see who it was from. What, the gate? Oh, is it your your, your security? Ah, right, okay. Uh, you have a gate. See, we don't have a gate. Uh, well, we don't even have security in this building. Hello? Hi, I'm on delivery. 
Yeah, if you just leave it by the gate, that'll be fine. Sure. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Bye. But some, will somebody take the delivery in? Well, we'll find out. Are you no, we don't worry about it. Bring your mother or something. No, we don't. Get her to take the delivery. We can finish this first, right? Okay. So I won't give the address over. Well, I hope it wasn't expensive. <laughs> Amazon. You ordered can something we, that's coming in a giant box and there's only that big. Can, can, can we finish the podcast? <laughs> right, anyway, I was going to finish off by saying I don't think there's any any kind of permanent cure to it. I think it's something that, uh, um, you know... Ongoing process, right? Ongoing, yes, it's an ongoing process, uh, I would say. But, yeah, there is... You know, people are feeling that way. They should access help. They shouldn't keep it to themselves. Um, you know, I think, uh, well, the same problem shared. Problem halved. It's a problem halved. Yeah, exactly. Still a problem. It's still a problem. <laughs> Make it somebody else's problem. <laughs> so, anyway, on to today's quote. So, uh, there we go. Um, and if you've listened to how long was that? And if you weren't suicidal at the beginning, you certainly will be now, because it's, what, nearly it's over an hour, isn't it? <laughs> It'll be longer if you keep on going like this. My quote for the day. Um, Just because today is a terrible day doesn't mean that tomorrow won't be the best day of your life. You just have to get there. Bye. <laughs>